0: Welcome. This is Beyond the Illusion. Thanks for joining us. In today's episode, we have a conversation with two guests that have both been on this podcast in the past separately, but today will be joining us together from their home through an online meeting. Their names are Shannon Gill and Russ Olhausen. They do most of their work under an organization called The Shift Foundation, and if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you'll know that the concept of the shift is something that I'm very interested in. People refer to it in all kinds of different ways, such as an awakening, the evolution of consciousness, and the Law of One material even describes it as a transition from a lower density into a higher density. And from my point of view, all of these descriptions are accurate. But of course, not everyone agrees with me. So I ask almost every single guest on this podcast what their thoughts are about this concept. And we get a wide range of answers. So today, it's nice to talk to people that actually run a foundation called the Shift Foundation. Obviously, they have a unique perspective of this concept because they both have an extensive background in astrology. And, I'm sure you're all wondering, with regard to recent major events that are happening globally, what Shannon and Russ have to say about them. And they will also be talking about everything that's happened this year so far, and what is on the horizon for the rest of this year from an astrological perspective. Now, let's go to the conversation with Shannon and Russ. This is awesome that we have both of you now at
1: the same time. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I know. This is fun. Yeah. I don't know if you knew, but we, um, Diana probably knows, but we have a foundation together, the SHIFT Foundation, that we're really breathing life into again. Um,
0: Oh, yeah. Well, go ahead and tell us more about it.
1: Well, so actually, why don't you begin because you started the the actual it was it's transformed over time it was first the foundation for spiritual advancement and
2: yeah so in 2005 i had this i had a little money coming in and i it was a nice uh, uh pluto and sagittarius going to expand and save the world kind of vibe and i started this little foundation for spiritual advancement formed a texas 501c3 and um, went about gangbusters helping people, and then realized it takes a lot more than just helping people to run a 501c3. <laughs> uh, and you can't just give; you have to receive. So um, now we're working on a balanced approach. Uh, Shannon uh, actually took the name of the Shift, uh, Shift Foundation a few years ago. Uh, when was that? 2010 or nine or something that? Yeah,
1: there? it was quite a while ago. I bought I bought the Online. domain and have just been sitting on it all these years, knowing that someday it was gonna to need to come
2: to life. Yeah, so we put the two together. Uh, we reformulated the uh, the uh, mission and purpose from the Foundation of for Spiritual Advancement. We retitled it the SHIFTS Foundation and uh, now we are jointly doing this work on a next level. You know? so.
3: Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. So much, well, so much has happened, of course, since Russ was on, because that was a long time ago. But then we had Shannon on, what was that, in December? And so much has happened in the world that was sort of foretold by the last you know, astrological sharing that you had with us. And I, I'm curious, before we start to talk about what's ahead, just what are your thoughts about all that's come to pass from what you've told us before?
1: You know, on some level, as I spoke about in December, we've been preparing for this. And and that's not just to say astrologers have astrologers have been reading, you know, the the planetary mo- movements and prophesizing and knowing that something massive was coming. But I think many of us, if not all of us, have chosen to be here on the planet at this time. And definitely, the light workers understand what our mission is, right? To be midwives of this new age and the shift. So on the one hand, that we've been preparing for it, you know, all the work that we do is is in align, alignment with and for that, but then whenever it actually hit, of course there was a surreal quality to it, <laughs> especially because it was so literal to what was channeling through me about no food on the shelves. Um, you know, I I think that sometimes, you know, we know things that we don't think are, that we know because it's actually just spirits communicating through us. So. Um, you know, it was an adjustment and definitely a bit of a a shock, I think, you know, I think we're in a collect state of collective shock and a lot of people still are at first. Um, and for me personally going through sort of, um, needing to metabolize the profundity because the way that I really feel things and see things is that this is just the, the virus itself is really just the tip of the wave, the surface level. Of what's going on. And I, I, I believe that this is just the beginning of a very long journey of awakening and transformation.
3: That's the name of my business, Awakening Transformation.
2: What a coincidence.
3: <laughs> there you are. Um,
2: yeah, on my end, you know, I had to do, uh, around the same time, I think um, I did a, a webinar and it was regarding some of these planetary transitions and activating. Um, you know, the energy of Capricorn. So we already have a lot of stuff happening in that sign. But uh, with Jupiter in Capricorn, one of the things that I was talking about that no one else wanted to really talk about, it's not something you talk about, is the death aspect that comes with uh, the Capricornian, the Saturnine, the image of him, and, and there's the grim reaper, you know, coming to uh, cut the wheat and the chaff. And that's the, that's the death you know, and I, I discussed very specifically that in early December that this this was an expansion of death. You know, that's going to be happening, and so awareness of death, actual death, people being faced with their own mortality, uh, those were some of the, the topics that I've reached. And also the the um, with the two energies, Jupiter being expansive or quickening of energy moving into Capricorn, uh, which is about contraction. So a, a, a quickening. Of of a contracting force is what we see. The whole economy, everything, has been pulled back at such a rapid rate; it's mind boggling. I think this is where you know I think a lot of astrologers may take some criticism. Why didn't we see COVID coming? But in, in essence, we did see the effects of of uh, and the climate in which this arises. You know, we, we can say look at this and say, hey, this is uh, uh, something that may happen based on. These arrangements of planets may not get it exactly right to, hey, this is going to come in the form of a pandemic, you know, uh, of a virus. But essentially, all the other aspects of that are what we kind of hit. Many astrologers hit this idea of contraction, and they had been looking at this since the 70s. I think we discussed that before, that this particular year would bring this type of energy, and it has done so in grand fashion.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, like Russell said, you know, he was really pointing to the death aspect What we understand about evolution is that that is how the soul evolves, is through that very natural process of regeneration, which is the death and rebirth cycle. So if we know that we've been in a a toxic um, paradigm for a while in order to be reborn into the higher vibration of unity consciousness on the planet, then we do have to go through a global death process, a massive global descent. So that's basically where we
2: are. It's it's basic spiritual alchemy, you know, the you know the solve coagula. We have to dissolve these structures which we have put in place that are very rigid and dogmatic and we have these two we have multiple forces coming in to do that uh, solve coagula process. We have to dissolve what we have so we can form in the same part of the process form what comes next, our, our next part of our evolution.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, uh, I mean, it's so everything that's happening has so many aspects to it. I mean, you can look at it from almost every different angle and see yeah. the same thing happening within all these different ideas. Like you know, you said our economy and even our way of living, our thoughts, our the way that we perceive the world and each other. All these things are they're radically changing through this whole process. And I was telling people that. You know, you know, remember when 9-11 happened, you know, everybody thought, oh, it's shocking and everything. But I was like, you know, this is going to really change things after this is all done. And I feel like, you know, this is going to even change things even a lot more. And I feel like after this has happened, people, the way people live is just going to be completely different.
3: So where do you think we're at in that process? Based, you know, on astrology. Yeah, and I honestly, because I had listened to a number of different astrologers, I was listening at the end of the year, because I kind of do like to see, you know, what's gonna happen in the year ahead. And I feel like a lot of astrologers totally had it right on mark. Not, as you said, specific. It's not about the form that it takes as a pandemic, but about the energies that were kind of come through and the gravity of it and 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 how it was going to affect all of society. I was getting all of those kind of messages from different astrologers that I heard. You know, one of them said like a nine eleven type event. You know, of that gravity, not sure. that type, not terrorism, but like that big of an event is happening in twenty twenty. That's going to shake all of society. You know, and it really is. That's what's going on. I guess. Well, before we talk about what else is ahead, I don't know if if you guys feel this way, but I just think that it's really interesting how people are responding to it, how some people are looking at the the light in it and the opportunities and the growth that's coming through. And then there's a lot of people that are in fear and, and there's people that are confused. And again, I see the polarization that was happening politically. I see a different polarization happening, um, not necessarily always on political lines about whether or not people feel there's something to be afraid of or or how our response should be. It seems like a very confusing time. And I'm just curious if you feel that astrology gives us some of those tools to help navigate through that.
2: So I want to uh, answer the first question that you asked in that series of questions. Okay, where are we at in all of this? And I, and I was thinking of this earlier, and it was right on cue with what you're talking about with the the world changing forces that we were already seen, such as 9-11 and the ripple effects that happened after that. Um, so imagine this, this is my allegory for where we are, that you're, we, are, we have all gathered in this auditorium and there's the stage and slowly the people start coming on to the stage that are getting ready to play this uh, grand opus. And they they begin to tune up their instruments. And that's what's been happening for centuries, and that's what's been going on for the last decades and years. And then the conductor comes up and he taps, he taps that stand, and that gets everyone's attention. And that is what you might say happened at 9-11. That's where we are. And then they now what's happening is the conductor has raised his arms. He's drawing back that first note to begin the orchestra. This is where we are. We haven't even started the piece yet. It's all coming together on stage. The players, all their instruments, everything that's gonna happen for the next, all the music that's going to go into this is already set in place. And now it's going to be played and we're going to listen to it and we're gonna feel the emotions and experience all that from both ends. So I think we have a long road to go. We're just getting started.
1: And it is quite dramatic. Like that was, beautifully um put russell and and i like tiana what you're saying is that it's really bringing to the surface the polarization of what's going on on the planet and for example all the players as russell said you know the light in the dark is polarizing a lot of the um maybe underground goings on in the world or in the in the government is being revealed people's basic belief systems are being brought to the surface or put under the microscope of how they really orient their existence with their own personal philosophies or belief systems. And so basically everybody is in their own very personal cauldron of transformation. But on top of that, we are being blasted by the media with this unbelievable amount of data and news and opinions and which is just complicating and confusing matters Um, and we'll get into some of that as we talk about some of the transits but you know as far as you know where we are i agree with russell we're basically just at the precipice of this beginning to turn and you know that saying is cliche it's always darkest before the light i feel like you know we that are just sort of buckle our seatbelts a little bit about what we're going to endure and really understand that there's nothing outside to hold on to, then that's part of the journey. The journey is re- remembering and reassessing your faith or your security system from within. And that's the big work essentially.
0: Yeah, I, I love that metaphor you used, you know, the music is just about to start and if that's the case, you know, this is, is pretty scary for me because I can tell you personally this all, since all this started, I have had a very challenging time, you know, just I do a lot of inner work now and I don't know if it's because of that or, or not, but I've noticed during this time that, you know, all my stuff is coming up and, and um I've run into challenges, you know, both internally and in the physical world that I haven't had in a very, very long time. And, you know, I've even noticed, you know, my wife talking about things that she never was interested in before, too, you know, like in terms of spirituality. And so, you know, if if the music hasn't even started, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. going to be pretty intense, I think.
1: But we've had um, an acceleration of awakening at the same time. And that's, you know, proves, you know, the strength of the, the spirit, because in a period of two months, there's been a massive reevaluation of our value system, of our connection to the feminine principle, meaning the earth, you know, meaning um, the nurturing qualities of the mother of the family system. And, you know, sometimes it takes a collective jolt to awaken whenever we're, you know, sort of plugged into a machine or a matrix. And so I have faith in humanity and in the human spirit to triumph and to do what is going to be required.
2: Well, that's that's, um, you know, to add to the musical uh, at side of this, that's what's happening is an attunement, you know. So we're we are having to tune ourselves and it's it, it uh, some people. Uh, have spent years already bringing themselves into attunement with what's going to happen. Some people have not done so, and they are um, the, the attuning process is becoming a huge challenge. And some people are even checking out. It's not just the virus that's taking them off the planet because of these change in vibration. It's, they can't psychologically handle this next level of attunement that has to take place in our evolution. And so you got to think of everything as a vibration behind all these these um, scary fields of uh, material energy that we're having to interface and interact with. Um, there's a tuning process so that the, the next part of the music can be played and refined as we go along. It's a, it's a chaotic piece in the beginning, and it becomes more and more ref- delicately refined to the, <laughs> until we draw into a, um, a grand, unified, single piece of music together. And it's going to take, take a while to do that and we have to get the people uh we have to get our our spiritual energy inside of each person we have to get that in attunement so
0: yeah that's that's a super interesting take so do you want to talk about what's coming up for the rest of the year like astrologically wise
1: yeah you got it um so you know it's it's important to understand that we're just constantly experiencing cycles within cycles. And I think in the the last podcast, we talked about the shift from the Pisces to the Aquarian age, right? So I think that that actually is very important. And so for your listeners, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that as opposed to reviewing that material, I recommend that because when we're talking about shifting from one age to another age, that's over 2000 years in each age. It's like 2160 years. 60 years and so that's a massive epoch of time where there's a prevailing paradigm that we are shifting out of and into a new one. So when we're at the cusp and, and what we understand is that we're coming out outside of astrologers, you know, Vedic talks about the Kala Yuga. Astrologers talk about the Pisces age into the Aquarian age. They're all pointing to the same thing coming out of these, these dark ages into the age of light. So that process in itself is a birth. And as we know, birth is bloody and you never know how long it's gonna take, right? So then we can take it down to um, more of a micro level and look at the cycles within just say, for example, one year or a period of a few years. And right now what's happening is that we have had this conglomeration of planets stockpiled in-
0: At this point in the recording, my internet cut out and we completely lost our connection. I have noticed that it has been cutting out like that recently, most likely due to all the people working from home now. And since I'm in a fairly populated area, the network congestion around here is probably pretty high. So we turned off the video portion of the meeting and continued the conversation.
1: <laughs>
0: um, okay, gosh, yeah, sorry. Do you remember, where, Shannon, where, do you know. remember where yeah, I Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure I would know where I was.
0: Okay. All right. We'll let you go start again then. Sorry about all that.
1: No worries. So then we sort of go from, you know, the telescope to the microscope and look more specifically as to where are we in a shorter, smaller cycle, say within a year or a few years. And as we discussed in the December podcast, what's happening that's reflected in the cosmos is this stockpile of outer planets in the sign of Capricorn. And Capricorn rules the system. Capricorn is the government. It's the patriarchy. It's the out-of-balance mechanisms uh, that have basically a rotten, decaying root system. (laughs) And so here comes Pluto, the destroyer, the one that pulls up the shadow and and with the intention of transmutation, Saturn, which actually rules Capricorn, which is the lord of karma, Um, calls everyone to the carpet with integrity. And then Jupiter, that is the the planet that brings in the expansion, the higher consciousness. And so they all sort of came together and along with the south node, which is the past, which is also sort of the collective shadow, and instigated this this cycle of destruction, this cycle, this demolition. And so now what's happening is that they're sort of starting to, they've moved apart a little bit. They've moved some of, you know, all the planets move at different um, speeds, obviously. And so they're starting to have a little bit of movement. And now they are all going retrograde. So Pluto went, started retrograde in April. Saturn went retrograde May 11th, Jupiter went retrograde today. (laughs) And so basically when a planet retrogrades, there's a reversal or a review of that planet's energy. So you can just, even without being an astrologer, sort of intuit what that might feel like or allude to or produce. So the terrain that they traveled over that created this massive pandemic and now they're reversing back into, is potentially going to kick things back up. Venus also went retrograde. So Venus is an inner planet where the other are outer transpersonal planets. Transpersonal planets affect the collective. Venus planets are more about our personal experience. Venus going retrograde you know, yesterday is something that happens once every 18 months Every other year, basically, Venus and Mars will retrograde. And Venus is the planet that rules over our value system, our relationships, and our resources. So most people are going to feel this or have been already feeling this for a couple of weeks because there's sort of a a pre-show to when the planet goes retrograde that you get a sort of a, a air of the energies. And so the themes emerge, basically. And you know, with everybody being locked up together in their houses, one of the you know, obvious uh, themes or results of this retrograde is going to be relationship issues to the surface. This is always the case, but I think that probably all of us have been watching the news. There's been a real increase in some severity in household relationships. Um, people have been whenever confined, you know, what's going on is there's this massive amount of pressure on the psyche and the shadow has been erupting, the shadow, all the things that we keep down or keep at bay on an unconscious level by distracting ourselves. Be it just work or, you know, social, socializing or escaping however we do with TV or some people with food or alcohol, there hasn't been that much of a capacity to run. And so over the next six weeks, Venus is going to be retrograding until June 25th, where the invitation is actually to, to invite a renewal, to look at you know the dynamics really head on and see if there's maybe some work, understanding that we are all being called to do some level of work and relationships are really, you know, the hot spot because they're the they're the mirror. They're the mirror that holds up uh, a reflection of ourselves, of parts of ourselves that we either want to avoid or deny. And so that's there's a real potency there in embracing whatever arises during that time. And, you know, Venus is retrograding in Gemini. And so there's another aspect to this, which I feel is important to name. Venus has to do with what we value. It has to do with resources and it has to do with things on the outside world. Some people, you know, orient themselves more towards valuing things on the outside versus on the inside. Well, in Gemini, Gemini rules information. Gemini rules the news, it rules all forms of communication. And so, as I think we mentioned a little bit before, there's this just incredible amount of data that is being you know, thrown around in the field of what is true, You know, all the different opinions of the, what's going on politically, what's going on with the virus. And it's forcing people to really evaluate what is their truth. What is most important to them right now? So that's another theme that I think that we're going to be really um, that's going to be we're facing during this time of how do we want to hold this level of indoctrination with other people's opinions, with um, contrasting information, never not knowing who to believe and what to believe is definitely one of the big themes. And this is also echoed in the fact that the transiting nodal axis, which we also have talked about, the nodal axis, the south node and the north node is what creates all of the eclipses, has also moved into Gemini Sagittarius, which is that axis of knowledge out of Cancer Capricorn, which is where it was the last year and a half. So the themes in general around all of that are about fact versus fiction, you know, people warring with each other about belief systems, who's right, who's wrong. Even amongst the conscious community, there's fighting going on. If you are someone who wants to question, you know, the mainstream media, I mean, it's massive. Everybody's been noticing that, I'm sure.
2: Yes, it's been a little bit of a, and the added pandemic to our viral pandemic is that this uh, overflow and activation of information has also created a wave of fear, a wave of of distortion that people are also having to deal with in this time. And I think you're g- probably going to see this on the increase. Actually, I, I, based on the next several years' projections, I can, you're going to see this this wave of propaganda and fact mixed with delusion and fiction working its way into every crevice of our psyche to, to, to battle for what we b- understand as our internal truth, which will help perpetuate our next steps in evolution. So it's all a a micro process that's happening on a larger, on a larger scale.
0: I thought it was really interesting how you said that, you know, Venus rules our value system, our relationships and resources, right? Am am I right there?
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Monetary system. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and everything that's happening right now is really putting the focus on a lot of those things. And, and then you said it's retrograding and, but we're also in Gemini and Gemini is, you know, controls information and communication. So I think, you know, value systems and relationships and communication and information, those things go together, you know, like, you know, two peas in a pod. I mean, and when you put them in retrograde, I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be bad, like you were saying, but it could be a time for, you know, a renewal of, of what's important to you with those things too. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. As with all retrogrades, from an evolutionary perspective, that is exactly right. It's an invitation to take a new route. You know, that's how evolution happens, is through that process of regeneration, death, and rebirth. And we all fall asleep at the wheel. We all get caught up or off track. And whenever we're going through a retrograde, the invitation is to slow down and to review the dynamics, the patterns that we maybe have gotten stuck in or parts of ourselves that we're ignoring, or if it's a relationship, you know, whatever we've swept under the rug or under the carpet, or we have swallowed our truth. In Gemini, there's definitely gonna be a focus on clearing up communication. Um, And so that we can, uh, whenever the planet goes, you know, direct again, we have a renewed sense, we have, you know, sort of um, a renewed commitment potentially and there will be some relationships that will break up and that's just part of the evolutionary cycle right maybe the contract has ended and so two people can bow to each other and move on
0: yeah you know it's funny i just a couple of days ago things like that were coming into my mind like i was thinking you know out of nowhere really about when i first you know met my wife and what was important to us back then and what drew us together and then now that you're saying this, you know, this is, it, it all makes sense, actually, you know, that it really didn't just come out of nowhere, you know, this is a time for that.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing astrology, so it doesn't lie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's happening whether we know it or not, you know, so that's why I love astrology, because it, it is a map and it does reflect the cycles back to us which I think depersonalizes things for people instead of feeling like, oh my God, I'm have this, you know, pattern up in my face again. It's, it's like, no, you know, we are going through cycles and the evolutionary process and the healing process is a spiral, but it's moving upward. So if we touch into something every year and a half or however, whenever it surfaces, then we can understand that it's just another layer. It's just another skin that we're shedding and that we're actually, you know, moving forward.
0: Yeah. So, you know, over the course of this year, a lot has happened already and we're only in May. Um, What kind of things have have you guys noticed in your own personal lives or or your journeys that you want to share with us or maybe even with family or friends?
2: Oh, yeah, she's pointing at me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, um, 2020 has brought about a radical new energy in and of itself and a piercing of the veil is happening again. I can see this on many levels. One of it is uh, being able to stay focused on fundamental truths and not being lost. We can feel the contrast when the story of this illusion pulls us too deep and we, sen- we sense it more and we're able to push back on it and say, I remember that this is just the illusion and I am what we- that which is beyond it in reference to your show. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think that this is becoming more apparent to people. We also have Neptune uh, in Pisces, which is is the veil in a sense one aspect of the veil itself. Being able to play with it, dissolve it, to pierce through it, uh, to see ourselves on each side of it. And I think this also comes into play with where we are with with relationships. Everything that we're relating to is very intimate to our own. Uh, source. What our our own attunement to source. So the things that have happened to me become. Uh, I, I feel some relief with them personally because I realize that this is part of my process. I'm able to connect to that, see that, feel that, and be grounded in that. And that is because I've I've spent a long time putting a, a foundation of not just mental processes in place, but actual processes of of. Um, trying to see the truth for what it really is and accept it. And this is a Buddhist principle, as you know, accept, uh, process of acceptance. And then to find out uh, how I can tweak and refine so that I'm not such a, a sore spot in this uh, equation overall. And I think this is this has also helped uh, my personal relationships. I've come out of some processes that I've been in deeply for a while. I mean, many of us are. And with this aspect, you're able to, Not just, one one of the things that I like to do is some of these energies is pierce the veil into higher consciousness, get downloads, understand what's happening, and translate that energy into something that people can understand, hopefully. And also has combined with its purposes and with its energy that I am relating directly to others in a more compassionate way. Pisces and Neptune both have qualities of compassion. So I think that that has definitely been a part of being compassionate with each other. You see this playing out globally, with on, on many scales. At least, in, particularly in the beginning of the of the pandemic, um, there has been a pullback. A little bit of that we have to face our uh, isolation, and now is when compassion is needed for ourselves. So, having compassion for everyone around us is part of this process of evolution, and as we move into the next stages of uh, Aquarian collective advancement. So. Anyway, that's one of the things that I feel like um, is, has has helped me in this process uh, and, and also when I sense the fear to push away from, to accept it, but, but also not connect to the story of it. I
3: think when there's like an event of this big nature, those of us that are spiritually focused or oriented, which I would say anybody that's listening to this podcast probably is, we're really put to the test because it's easy when things are going well and we feel like we're in control. Of course, we can all believe in the divine. But when you feel like you have no control and things can look kind of scary or grim, do we still trust and know that everything comes from the one source and that there's a you know a bigger story and it's a loving story and it's a benevolent story that's happening that's playing out? or do we fall into that fear? So yeah, even for myself, having been through a dark night of the soul some years back and being tested in that way, do I totally trust the divine? Do I totally trust that spirit's taking care of me, even though it seems like it's not right now, even though everything that I do to try to change my situation's not working, can I trust that I'm cared for? I found a little bit of that, not to the degree that I had in the dark night of the soul, but I found that coming up again for me and me recognizing that and working through it, getting through it a lot quicker than it took me, you know, over a year when I went through the dark middle of the soul, but it was interesting. I was like, Oh, there's that theme again, coming up again, testing me I'm being tested. And I feel, you know, we're probably all being, whatever our big challenges are, um, we're being tested in some level through this.
1: Yeah. And actually that inner sort of dialogue that you're pointing to Tiana is exactly the shift from the Pisces to the Aquarian age. The predominant mantra in the Pisces is, I believe, it was all faith-oriented and something outside of ourselves that was greater. So there was a split between spirit and matter, between man and God. The Aquarian predominant mantra is, I know because I am. And so you can feel the difference, right? Um, and I think that that's part of us sort of walking across this bridge into – Really, embodying our divine nature and really having that visceral, um, embodied experience of being divinity incarnate. and I feel that I have had such a privilege of of living where I do. We operate a retreat center in South Austin that is truly just this magnificent sanctuary that feels like it is a little slice of heaven. You know, if we were to imagine bringing heaven to earth, this is actually what this space feels like on the planet for me and to have my children and my partner. And you asked what has been the experience for us personally, for me, it has felt like a remembrance of, of course, you chose to be here at this time to usher in this new age to hold the ground when it's unstable to invite people into this divinity this space of actual experience of you know true peace and beauty and harmony and high vibration and then to just you know day by day create the building blocks and so we have you know, really downshifted into our priorities over here, which has been amazing to have this invitation to realign our daily rhythms with more of a, a natural rhythm and have our chickens now and our garden, our, our vegetables growing and able to put in the time more with the children, you know, by force with the homeschooling and doing some, some curriculum with them that they would never get in public schools so basically, I guess for me, it's just a real time of gratitude and I've trust, I absolutely trust this process. I, I feel it in every cell of my body that this is right and that part of my job or my, my role in all of ours is to do whatever it takes on a daily basis to keep your vibration high. And so if that means I'm plugging from the blow by blow, the news, the Facebook and all that, then that's important. And that's something that I had to do, not putting your head in the sand by any means. And part of the awakening process is, I think, to uh, wake up to some of the facade and the corruption that's a part of our reality and our system. That's what's crumbling So, that is actually important, I do believe, for some of the consensus reality to walk through that threshold of seeing some of the darkness that has been hidden quite well. But that's just one of the stages. And then from that point, you start to understand that we do live in a dual existence, and you have to understand how to form a relationship with the darkness and not separate from it, not project that the darkness is outside. And that's the true work, the true inner work. How do we work with darkness inside? You know, just take, for example, a a lower vibrational emotion, anger or rage. That right there helps to shift the collective field if you can utilize some tools, be it breath or nature or music, to transmute that lower vibrational energy. And so that's how I understand that each of us can plug in to do our part, that the shift into this higher age is personal and it's about frequency. So. That's basically where my focus is right now with with myself, with my clients, that actually we all can – that is what we have control of. A lot of people are feeling very helpless right now. So I think that the quest is to focus on what we can control, which is finding alignment with our soul blueprint and keeping our vibrations high.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. This is why I love having you guys on. Those answers were just incredible. I mean, everything you guys touched on, I feel like – Resonated with some part of me, you know. I've I've been going. Everyone's been going through a lot, and I think you guys really described it really well. You know, I feel that same sense of gratitude for you know being able to connect with my family and find like a natural rhythm in my life again. And whereas before, you know, I felt like it was very forced. You know, I had to get up and, and drive to work in traffic with everybody else, and then drive back with everybody else. It was just really odd situation, and I feel like this kind of, you know, shined a light on, on all that and said like, you know, how how silly are we being right now? You know, let's, let's try to be normal for just a minute and see how silly that looked. And, um, you know, you know, when Russ was saying that you were having this time to find this acceptance of self, I feel like that is very true for me too. And it's funny you say that because, um, my wife woke up like two days ago and said to me, that she was supposed to tell me that I need to accept those parts of myself that even the ones that I don't like. And, you know, I've I've thought that thought before, but when she said it to me, I really, it really did click, you know? And I thought, well, you know, that, that is so true. I do need to accept those parts of myself, even the ones I don't like or that I want to change, you know, because, you know, they're there and they're there for a reason.
1: Exactly. That's doing that inner alchemy, you know, embracing our shadow with love and compassion.
0: Yes. And I like what you said a minute ago about discovering or realizing our our divinity. And, you know, I've been listening to this audio book and I listen to tons of stuff all the time. And this guy said something that really hit me. He was talking about how a lot of people give their power over to, you know, like angels or, or these other beings. And, you know, I tend to do that too. Like, think you know, it's like send thoughts. It's like, oh, can you please help me with this or that? And he made this comment where he's like, we really should just believe in ourselves because we're equally as powerful. There's there's nothing out there that's, that's more powerful than us. He's Absolutely. like, we, we should really understand, you know, who we are. And it really, you know, that really touched me.
1: I love that, and I really feel that that's what is meant by the return of Christ. It's the return of Christ consciousness. It's the remembering that we are we are Christ like beings. And when when enough people come online to that, then it's going to hit you know critical mass. And what's beautiful is, is it's non dogmatic. It's available to anyone and everyone. It's about being in a state of peace and a state of love and openness and reverence and finding alignment with the cycles and being a vessel for creative energy to flow through.
0: Do you feel like more people are beginning to understand that?
1: I do. Absolutely. I mean, my, my, my clientele is proof of that. So many people are online with that. And what I also feel very strongly is that it took a, a collective shock to throw a, a schism in the consensus psyche the consensus mindset, right? Because everybody's been just on the on the hamster wheel or plugged into the machine. There's not enough time in the day to think expansively outside of the box, right? Mm-hmm. So we had to have a global pause where everything is threatened, our survival, our our financial system, everything, in order to create a crevice in the collective psyche to allow the light to come in it's through fear that people in contrast people wake up to what's most important and that all those things that they're holding on to outside of themselves lose their um, seduct you know their seducing qualities and so i feel that the light workers and the healers are going to become even more valuable because people are now sort of on, on, on waking up and then, and they're seeking they're wondering you know what is next and going to be, I think, more apt to look inside when there's nothing on the outside to hold on to anymore.
3: So we talked, you talked a little bit about kind of that there's some retrogrades going on right now, and we're in this kind of retrograde period with several different planets, but don't we also have some eclipses coming up pretty soon here too?
1: Yes, we do. We're about to enter into the next eclipse window, which eclipse seasons are every six months, so we have them twice a year. And this next one coming up, actually, the eclipse window opens with the new moon a week from tomorrow, which is the Gemini new moon on May 22nd. That actually opens the window or the portal, and it won't close up until the the moon following. Gosh, I didn't write this date down, but the last eclipse is on July 4th. There's three eclipses back to back this summer, and then whatever the last moon is following that it's sometimes at the end of sometime at the end of July so basically we're going to be in eclipse season the whole summer and so as a review eclipses happen when there's a new or full moon conjunct the nodal axis which is known as the destiny line the destiny line has to do with our collective karma and soul contracts so anytime we're in an eclipse season just remember that the events that take place have to do with our deeper evolutionary work and purpose. And so massive things happen. You know, if we understand that the planets are, you know, basically connect we're connected directly to the planets. They're not necessarily doing something to us. We're in this symphony together. Then whenever we have an eclipse, the lights disappear. And so our consciousness is temporarily blinded in a way so that the higher forces can speed up what's going on. There's an acceleration of process. There's an acceleration of whatever energy is present in your life, good, bad, or ugly, it's non-dual. So really incredible opportunities can arise. If someone's really playing with fire, they might get burned during this time. The eclipses will always fall in a pair of opposing signs, and every year and a half, the nodal axis moves into a new pair. So for the last, since the fall of 2018, the uh, nodal axis has been in Cancer Capricorn. This is the mother and the father. This is the earth and the home and the family versus the system and the patriarchy. So this is, you can see very clearly why this global uh, situation has arisen, because we were so out of balance between this pair of opposites. And essentially that's, again, you know, this prevailing uh, process that we're all needing to engage in, which is the integration of opposites. When moving into this new age of Aquarius, it's a return to a state of union coming out of Pisces, which is the split between spirit and matter. And the way that we do this, where the way that we come back online to this union or to this, what's known as the Purusha, the one mind consciousness, is through that reunification of polarity so if we think about you know the original split the original separation that's what's caused all the pain and so now we're returning back to remembering again our divinity and so we see this in astrology when we're talking about the eclipses because they're always going to be an opposing sign and so this is where astrology becomes so powerful because you find alignment you say okay well what are the signs what do they represent and where do they fall in my chart so we've been in Cancer Capricorn for the last year and a half, and we're closing up that cycle this summer. The first eclipse actually is going to be on June 5th in Sagittarius, because this, the nodal axis is going to now shift into Gemini Sagittarius, which I mentioned earlier. And it's going to be a lunar eclipse, which is a full moon. So that means it's the end of a massive cycle. The way that I think, To simplify meaning of this particular eclipse when we're talking about Sagittarius is we're looking at any um, outdated belief systems. So you can look at your chart and you can look and you can see where does this eclipse fall in your personal chart. Perhaps there's a limiting belief system there. There's something in your consciousness that is blocked. We're all trying to elevate our consciousness so we're going to be looking at what are my beliefs. What do I, what kind of data am I holding on to? Is this my truth, et cetera? It's the end of something there. And then on June 21st, which is the summer solstice, we're gonna have the last eclipse in cancer. So basically we can look at this as the grand finale or as the integration of this cycle that we've been working on. And I keep saying year and a half because that's been this particular uh you know, part of the cycle, but we look actually back to the very beginning of this Cancer Capricorn nodal axis process, which was in the year 2000. So you can think for a minute what was happening in your life then. That's whenever this cycle in Cancer Capricorn started. It takes 19 years to go around the zodiac, the nodal axis. Then the opposition was in 2009. So you can contemplate for a moment what was going on in your life. And then 2018 through 2020 is the culmination of this 19 year process for you so this eclipse which is on the summer solstice at zero degrees cancer is the very final um integration point of and it's a solar eclipse so it's a new moon it's a birth of a new of a new cycle of the mother of the divine feminine of the home the family the earth what have we learned what is the journey that we've been on in this deep investigation into these imbalances in ourselves and on the planet.
2: I would just like to add one. uh, I like to look at the overarching views of some of these things and something that you mentioned, uh, several things that you mentioned triggered some connection to what's coming. But one of the things that has already been is what was mentioned in the first part of this episode was a, a feeling of uh this magnitude that's undercurrent that's happening that that we felt 19 years ago in 2001, which was uh, 9/11 event. So there is a similarity of of, of repetition that's happening with with that undercurrent uh, overall. So put that in a larger perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Wow. That's-
0: yeah, that's that's fascinating. You know, because I didn't think of that. And when I think 19 years ago that's the year 9, 11, having that doesn't seem like that long ago. Wow. 19
2: years.
1: Right. And so you can see the themes, you know, politically. And then you also look, you know, at micro macro, then you look inside and you look at the, the, you know, the only thing again that we actually can control, which is what are these dynamics, these polarizations, how are they operating inside of us?
3: Yeah. That theme is very similar about, you know, this big, fearful other. And so let's give our power away so that we can feel safe. But, you know, was that a good trade off? You know, how can we find a balance between wanting to protect maybe from certain threats, but also not in a way that gives away all of our freedom and power? I could see those similar themes.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Well,
1: absolutely. And what I think is fascinating, and maybe some people aren't aware is that we're, you know, we're talking about the system that is sort of, um, out of balance and decaying, in that's represented by Capricorn. Capricorn is actually a, f- a feminine sign. But along the way in history, as we know, the, the patriarchy sort of subsumed the feminine wisdom and has been operating without that integration piece. And so that's what's happening is this rebalancing of, again, the polarization of the masculine and the feminine energies. And when working in harmony, basically we have the potential to create heaven on earth and and that's also you know a lot of what's coming online with some of these sacred relationships that are emerging twin flame unions you know it's about realizing that when we come together and we balance our gifts and our skills and our and honor our differences there's nothing that can't be produced or created or healed or ascended
3: I always get really excited about these big transits. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh no, they dread the retrograde, they dread the eclipse or whatever." But for me, I'm like, "Oh, change, growth, opportunity." And mm-hmm. it's not always pretty, but for me that's important. Like that's why I left Hawaii as far as, you know, people are like, "Oh, but Hawaii's paradise." But to me, living in Hawaii felt like the same day playing over and over again. And I'm somebody that wants shift and change and to see something moving. So for me, I get excited about them.
2: Well, it's always uh, easiest to be the guru on the mountain, you know, when you're speaking and communing directly to nature and everything. You don't have to deal with the problems of the world, uh, but it doesn't lead to a lot of growth uh, individually. So the world has to grow. We have to come off the mountain. We have to face um, the, the shift. What's happening in the larger scale of not just our individual realities, but as we grow as a as we reunify as a social collective, which is part of this Purusha energy of coming online of the cosmic being, it has to happen. You have to come off the mountain, we have to come out of Hawaii and stop surfing and 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 actually do something <laughs> about it, you know? So, um, but that's, that's the fun part of growth. Like you said, I I find it exciting. I would probably enjoy a few months on the beach, but after a while I'd get bored, you know, I'd want to go out and stir something up. And so that's what we're doing. That's what's happening. That's part of the larger collective processes. So, you know, some of these transits that we're focused in on right now that are very you know, that are affecting us in the, over the next year are prelude. So this grand opus, actually, this is not even the, the beginning of the first movement. This is just a prelude to put the position, put all the pieces into place. That uh, if you look back the cycle, uh, and pulling back the lens even further, going back to Pluto, Plutonian cycle, we're in a similar situation to where we were 248 years ago, approximately, with the ending of Pluto in Capricorn as it's about to make its move into Aquarius. Aquarius uh, is also, uh, in, in Vedic astrology, so Astrology is associated to the Purusha, the uh, coming online, the electrification, the re-embodiment of the cosmic oneness. The, uh, our network is being reactivated. Our genes are being uh, turned back on to make these things happen. So this is part of this uh, reshuffling that's happening now uh, all these little detailed transits that we're having to go through, this quickening of, and then the awakening happening faster and faster, is so that we can get this prelude in place, see how it's going to feel, and then the first movement's going to uh, um, begin uh, in a few years. And it's going to be quicker, it be here quicker than we know. So, um, and those are the, some of the fun things that I'm, I've been looking at um, with what's happening next.
1: I feel like I should complete the eclipse season, though. We have one final eclipse. Yes, please do. Just to close that thought, because it is kind (laughs) of unusual to have three eclipses back to back. Um, Usually it's two. And so we will have the final uh, eclipse in Capricorn after the final one you know, on the summer solstice that's in Cancer, which is the new moon. It will be a lunar eclipse, a full moon eclipse in Capricorn, which closes up this whole cycle with the toxic system, right? And in a world of no coincidence, it happens to be on July 4th, (laughs) Um, which I thought was funny, Tiana, because you were talking about us, you know, taking back our power and our true independence. Then, which two weeks from there will be the closing of the portal, and then we have another eclipse season at Christmas, but maybe we can talk again before that.
3: Yeah, I think we'll definitely need to talk again before that, because I'll be curious to hear maybe what the transits are around election time and and things like that. So I think we're gonna definitely need to have you guys on again for the second later half of the year.
1: Yeah, and I think actually one thing I'd like to just mention, I think I would be failing the listeners if I didn't, is that we're pretty certain that the fall looks hairy. Mars, which ignited the pandemic whenever it crossed very quickly through that Capricorn stellium, because Mars moves a lot faster than those slower moving planets, is what ignited it. And it's moved on and it's going to actually come to a 90 degree square starting in August. And so between August and December, it's going to square, which is a tense. It's a tension aspect in astrology, um, the the whole stellium in Capricorn, so Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn, um, all those planets are going to be squared three times because the fact that Mars is going to retrograde, Mars is going to sweep back and forth three times, and Mars is the god of war. It's the it's also the warrior, you know. So it's fighting for our rights. But I will say that. You know, I think we'd all like to go figure out some, some new normal, but I'm like, we started the podcast by saying, I feel like we're actually just in the beginning throws that we're going to just have to pull up our our bootstraps and take it one day at a time being present and really just working on our vibration and creating this new world. Um, You know, there may be that, a lot of the mothers you know we're talking amongst ourselves they're already discussing going ahead and announcing that we'll be homeschooling for the fall as well so you know that basically is saying nothing's going back to any any form of normal anytime soon
0: wow yeah um i I personally would am okay with that
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have kids
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah i do yeah i have one
1: are you how's that going for you the homeschool that's
0: been challenging but um But you know, it's it's got its positives too. So,
1: yeah, for sure. Exactly right. We we want the new age to be grounded into form, Mm -hmm. and so that's this is just what it what it looks like.
0: Yep. Well, thank you guys so much.
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Shannon Gill and Russ Olhausen for taking the time to talk with us and to share their gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to know more about how to get in touch with Shannon for a reading, you can find her online at ShannonLeeGill.com That's spelled S-H-A-N-N-O-N L-E-I-G-I-L-L lcom Or if you're interested in their retreat center, Lotus Bend Sanctuary, you can visit lotusbend.net. And if you are interested in a reading from Shannon, I personally recommend it. My session with her was both helpful and surprisingly insightful. And before we go, I'd like to say thank you very much to Casey Henson for creating the music we use on this podcast and to Tiana Roser for keeping this podcast interesting and going strong. For more information about us, or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com, and you can find us on social media as well. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. This will help other people find us. Take care.